We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back, everybody, to the final DFS OGs podcast for the season. Always a, a sad moment here. Love doing the show with these guys. Love talking football uh, with you guys out there, obviously. But we're getting into the meat of things here. The divisional round, always fun. We bring in all the buy teams. So really looking forward to this weekend of football. So we got you covered here on the OGs. We'll break it down from a DFS perspective. We'll break it down from a betting perspective and get some thoughts there. Also going to talk some of these coaching changes. But. Let me bring in my fellow OGs here, my boys, for our final appearance of the 2018-19, I guess now, season. Derek Farnsworth, a.k.a. Notorious. David Kaplan, a.k.a. Head Chopper. Boys, welcome in. Are we ready for some divisional playoffs? Derek, how are we doing, buddy? Yeah, doing really well. I always love watching some playoff football. The first three games uh, weren't all that fun to watch, but uh, yeah, that Bears game was pretty fun. Hit two crossbars of all things and a pretty decent week of DFS. Nothing like your week, Beer. So big congrats to you. Uh, For those of you that don't know, we tied for first in the showdown slate, right? Yeah, that Golden Tate touchdown apparently helped me out. I I was telling you guys pre-show, I wasn't even really paying attention to it. I don't really sweat my scores and all that. Was watching the game and in shock, like everybody else, that how the hell do you hit an upright again? But not only hit the upright, like you said, hit the crossbar too. Just the look on Matt Nagy's face, it really summed it up. I mean, I had pretty much had the same look. But, yes, a good weekend for myself. Hopefully we keep it rolling here. I'm going to be going out to New Jersey. Got a seat into the DK Sports Betting National Championship. So excited for that. Shop, how we doing, brother? Welcome in. Yeah, doing pretty good. Uh anxious to get the four games this four game slate going this is going to be a fun week but you know this is it man you know after this it's just showdowns and two gamers and you know that's it's the last like real decent kind of a slate you got going on so it's it's sad from that perspective but it's good to move on you had a big week last week so that and you did it the right way you didn't even look at the you know you can't sweat showdowns man because every single pass can move you like a thousand places up or down so you did it the right way you didn't even check on it that's that's definitely the best way to do the showdown sweat yeah i've sweated those before and you you seriously go from oh i'm up thirty thousand. wait i'm winning zero in in every play things are moving up and down and i went after and looked at a lineup and i had cody parkey in there so imagine if he would have cost me on that missed field goal that that would have been one of those heartbreakers derek knows the feeling unfortunately but yeah those are those are tough to sweat i mean i I just stopped sweating in general 
the games. It's too stressful on the old man's heart. But we're here to talk these games. And last week it was a lot of low totals, and we struggled through it. And, you know, not a lot of plays to get excited about. We turned the page here. We got a lot of good games here on this slate. So let's jump into it. First game for us, guys, Indianapolis and Kansas City. Really excited about this one. You know, the Colts looked outstanding in Houston. I just think they're a, a very well-rounded team. Coaching, offense, defense, offensive line. I think a lot of these things can travel. So, Derek, your thoughts here. DFS-wise, Colts and Chiefs, who are we looking at here? Who are some must-plays here? You know, this is you know, a lot of great games on this slate, but this one really stands out to me. A lot of great options here. All right, I'll start with KC's side because it's a little easier to break down. Uh, the Colts have held their last eight opponents to 14 points per game, but they haven't really faced any good offenses during that stretch. So I'm not putting a ton of stock into their defense. I know they've been good, but uh, I think this is an off uh, spot where Kansas City's offense can roll. They were number one in uh, offensive DVOA during the regular season. And the goal of the Colts' defense is to kind of keep everything in front of them, uh, limit the big play potential. So I think this game sets up a lot better for uh, Travis Kelsey than it does for Tyreek Hill. We know Tyreek Hill is obviously the big play guy in this offense. Indy 29th in DVOA against tight ends. I think uh, I'm going to make an emphasis to pay up for Kelsey uh, as much as I can this week. I think Mahomes is firmly in play. I uh, don't mind the price point. Uh, only $7,000 on DraftKings. The pricing at quarterback uh, isn't that wide, so I do think you can pay up for Mahomes this week. And then for the running backs, just got to see if Ware's going to play. I do think uh, Damian Williams is going to be the lead back either way, but obviously we're going to feel better about him if Spencer Ware ends up uh, being out. Uh, I think Williams is fine. I mean, uh, his price is reasonable across the industry. He's been a very big part of the passing game, and he's looked good on the ground as well. So uh, he's one of my favorite running back plays. And then for the receivers, you know, Sammy Watkins is going to be back, so I'm not really sure what to expect out of him, Robinson, and Conley. That's probably a situation that I will be avoiding. Other than uh, if you're playing the single showdown slate, uh, then you can maybe take a flyer on some of them. As far as Indy goes, uh, Casey's held their opponents to 18 points per game at home this season. Uh, and if uh, you kind of have to build the story of how this game's going to play out, I think the best uh, route for Indianapolis to take if they think they're going to win this game uh, is to lean on the run. KC was 32nd against the run uh, this season. And so if they can get Marley Mack going, if they can keep Mahomes off the field, I do think that's going to be their best route to win this game. But obviously they're going to have to keep up with the Chiefs if they uh, score a lot of points. So I like using Mack in tournaments. I also like using Naheem Hines in tournaments because he's going to be the guy that they're going to go to um, if they do fall behind in this one. Naheem Hines put up that big bagel last week. I think a lot of people will be avoiding him. Uh, he's only 3,300 this week on DraftKings. I think it's a good bounce back spot for him. Again, if you do think uh, the Colts are going to be playing from behind and then we know about Hilton outdoors. The splits aren't great. Um, I think I would probably rather play Inman or Rodgers as you know cheap flyers instead. Uh, and then Eric Ebron's firmly in play. Chiefs are 25th in DVOA against tight ends. Uh, Eric Berry did come back towards the end of uh, the season, but he wasn't all that effective, and uh, he did miss the last week of the season. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of how I see this game breaking down. Yeah, I mean, great analysis there from our boy, bringing the heat. But I, I agree on the Kelsey call. You know, the Colts defense really wants to limit the big plays. You know, not saying Tyree can't get behind the defense, but they want to keep everything in front of them. That may limit some of those opportunities for him. But a great stat from friend of the show, Evan Silva, talked about the Chiefs or the Colts and how they run a lot of zone coverage and how good Patrick Mahomes was in those scenarios. Said so played five games against teams that run this defense at top eight frequencies, 64% completion percent, 
14 touchdowns, zero interceptions in those games. So, you know, clearly, yes, the Colts D is playing well, but I like the Mahomes to Kelsey. I think that's intriguing. And I love the, the calls on the other side. You know, some of the guys that burned people last week, specifically Naheem Hines. You know, a lot of people were on him even in cash games. You know, really let people down. You got to think in this one, Kansas City is going to score points. The, the Colts are going to have to keep up. So he's intriguing. And then a guy like Chester Rogers, you know, I really like at 3,700. I think Inman going to get a lot of ownership and a lot of play just based on what he did last week. But I think Chester Rogers, a guy that's getting targets in this offense uh, and going to provide you some value at that number. So let's go to our batting expert here. The, the chop man's been digging in on the lines, the totals. So we're going to let him cover the, the betting aspect of this game. So chop, I am seeing a spread of five, five and a half, depending on where you're looking uh, and a total anywhere from 56 to 57. The public seems to be very heavy on the Colts in this one with the points and obviously on the total here. Where do you check in here? Spread, total, or both? What are we thinking? Yeah, that, that would – it kind of surprised me when, when we found out the Colts, you know, when they had, had won and we knew where, where they were going to play next week, there was a lot of people talking about the Colts. And I was a little bit shocked that people were so quick to dismiss Kansas City and what they've done this year. And, uh, and it, it's playing out with the point spread. Like, I'm looking, and it looks like as of right now, and you'll get the bigger stuff later on in the week. But as of right now, the majority of the, the bets are going towards Indianapolis, although the line opened up at four, and it's, it's moved one, about one to one and a half towards Kansas City a little bit. So it uh, means more money's coming in on KC more right now. I mean, I just can't go against Andy Reid coming off of a bye week. He's like – something like 17 out of the last 20 games he's come off a bye has been a win uh for him three out he's 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 had like four bye weeks in the playoffs in his career three of them have been wins and the only loss was I think it was a couple years ago with Alex Smith when they barely lost to see uh the Steelers a really good Pittsburgh team so him uh Andy Reid coming off a bye this offense the season they put up being at home I, I gotta I gotta favor Kansas City here big time man I just Everybody's on Indianapolis. They're like the flavor of the week, man. I, I don't see it happening. So now the total—that's a whole difference. That's a big, big number right there. And I could definitely see, uh, you know, Casey jumping out here and then grinding out the second half, and it never even comes close to that 57 total. But for sure, I'm I'm definitely liking Casey here. Yeah, it's a good point. My initial read was I I thought the Colts could go in and win this game. You know, early on last week. You know, maybe I'm with the fish out there, like you talked about, Chop. You know, I just I like the way they played. But the more you think about it, like you said, we, we're discounting the Chiefs. And yeah, the, the end of the season wasn't the, the best, and the Colts are, are coming in red hot. But it's still an indoor team going outdoors, a very difficult place to play. That place is going to be fired up. And with that, all this bets and money coming in on the Colts. Why is the spread going the other way? You know, why are the Chiefs continuing to climb there in the spread? So, you know, one of those movements that, that makes you nervous if you like the Colts plus to be on the other side of things from the public uh, always makes sense. So I'm still up in the air on this one. I like your points on the Chiefs, and we'll see where I land. I'm not quite sure yet. But let's move on to our next game on Saturday. We got Chop, your Dallas Cowboys, and we'll get to you here shortly on that one. But, Derek, let's go to you. Cowboys going out to L.A. to take on the Rams here. And Cowboys survived. You know, they played well. They did enough to get that done. You know, I think Seattle probably should have won that game. They didn't. Dallas moves on. Now you got a tough test going out to L.A. L.A. side of things did not finish the season well. We know Todd Gurley was banged up. They got it done. They put some points on the board. But I wouldn't say they look great, you know, with momentum going into the playoffs. So 
can Dallas possibly go and pull this off? And if so, who are we looking at from Dallas there? Yeah, we'll start on that side. Uh, they have struggled on the road so far this season. Um, I believe they were 7-1 at home and 3-5 and on the road, so that's a little bit concerning. And specifically, Dak has struggled on the road. Uh, we know that he's much better against man coverage. The Rams, uh, you know, pretty middle of the road when it comes to man and zone coverage. So I'm not too worried about that, but uh, his road splits do worry me a little bit about Amari Cooper. Uh, given the fact that they are underdogs, this could set up well from a game script perspective. So uh, I still think Cooper has that upside, but I am worried a little bit about his floor. And then the other saving options, I'm just not really wanting to play Beasley, Jarwin, or Gallup. So for me, it's just going to be Zeke, and that's about it on the Dallas side. Uh, the Rams were 28th in DVOA against the run. Uh, we know Zeke uh, incredibly involved in the passing game towards the second half of the season. He had 32 targets over the last four games alone. And uh, we know that the Cowboys are going to want to keep the Rams offense off the field. So for me, uh, Zeke's going to be the guy to pay up for. He's my favorite running back of the slate. I do prefer him over Todd Gurley. Uh, and then we'll move over to the Rams side. Jared Goff uh, really struggled towards the end of the year, but uh, 28 fantasy points per game at home, only 16 fantasy points per game on the road. So uh, he is playing at home, which is a boost. Uh, we know Dallas is fifth against uh, the run and 26 against pass catching running backs. So I do expect Todd Gurley to be heavily involved in the passing game, which does help Goff quite a bit. Um, if I'm deciding between the two, I'll probably take Goff over Gurley because, again, I do like Zeke so much. Um, as far as the running backs go, Dallas is pretty tough on wide receivers. I think I would prefer Woods uh, in the slot rather than Cooks or Reynolds on the outside. Towards the end of the year, the Rams played a lot more two tight end sets, uh, which gave a big boost to Gerald Everett, uh, both in playing time and in uh, snap or targets. He had at least six targets and at least four catches in three of his last four games. He's really cheap across the industry, and this is a slate where we kind of want to pay up for all those studs. So if you're looking to punt a position and you don't want to pay up for Kelsey or you know, some of the other tight ends, I do think Everett's interesting. And uh, as far as Woods go, I think uh, he's the safest player of the, of the receivers. And it's worth noting that he did get at least two rushes uh, in six games this season. So uh, that's kind of a slightly added boost uh, to his floor. Yeah, and, it, and throw that last game out with him. I mean, they, they didn't really need him to do much in that one, got out to a big lead. So you, you may look at that one and say, ah, he didn't end the season well. They didn't need him to do much there. So the thing I noticed, Derek, the pricing on DraftKings seems really light. You know, normally they kind of tighten things up. But you look at the running back position, the highest-priced running back is Zeke at 8200 Todd Gurley at 8000 I mean, the quarterbacks, they moved up a little bit. But Mahomes, the top price at 7000 the wide receivers, we don't have anybody at 8000 or higher. So it seems pretty easy to build a lineup here. So any suggestions while we're here? Just looking at DraftKings, we know leave some salary on the table, but how do we how do we handle this build? Because it's going to be pretty easy for people to, to jam in three, four studs on the slate. Yeah, it definitely is. And uh, usually I don't like the softer pricing, but in a slate that features so many studs, I kind of like that they uh, you know brought that brought it down a little bit because. Uh, some of your lineups would be ugly if these guys were priced uh, up at their regular price points. So I uh, haven't started any lineup builds just yet, but uh, yeah, I think you kind of just pick your favorite uh, studs from each game. Last week we kind of mentioned to pick the game stacks because um, we had so many low totals. We were kind of hoping just one of them would go off and then the game stack would be what you wanted to have. But this week I think uh, all these games have some, some, some potential. So I'm not really looking uh, to game stack as much as I was a week ago. All right, let's go to Vegas Chop here and get his thoughts on the line. The total of Chop of 49 to 50, depending on the book you're at, is the total. Line seems to have settled in at about seven, open at six and a half. 
a shot up into the eights, came back down to the sevens. So clearly some people betting on Dallas. Leave your homerism out of this now, Chav. I know you're a Cowboy fan, so I don't want to hear you putting your house on the line here with the boys. Total spread, what's standing out to you on the lines? Uh, yeah, I was. I'm definitely. I'm definitely looking at it from a neutral perspective. I'm not. I'm not being a homer here. But you, know, my my initial thought when I learned that the Cowboys were going to go to L.A. was, uh, man, the Rams would probably be the team I would want to bet on. Uh, just being at home with the bye week. Um, yeah, I could definitely see them scheming up some things to uh, to really give Dallas's defense problems. And then the more I, I think about it, the more it wears on. I really think it's a coin flip on that spread right there. The Dallas has this this equalizer, you know, in their offense, and that's uh, Dak Prescott's running ability. And we saw it last week. Like, for a guy – and, like, going back to college, he was always a big runner. Or he always had that ability, but he's never shown it in the pros except for just sporadically. But the guy's, like, 6'2", 235. He's the size of a linebacker. I always wonder why don't you, why doesn't he run more? And I'm a Cowboys fan watching him every week. Why don't you run more? I think he saves it for the playoffs in big in big moments like last week. Wasn't that many carries, but man, when when they needed a third down or they needed yeah that big third down at the end of the game where he did the cartwheel into the end zone almost like the big plays where you need a third down conversion. I think he's willing to open it up here in the playoffs. So I think that that is uh, something to keep in mind. As you're looking at this spread, that's a pretty big number. This this thing could be 10, 11 points in favor of the Rams late in the game, and just one spread buster there at the end could get you back into into the money if you bet on the Cowboys. So I'm kind of like I, I'm I'm a little bit on the fence about that number. I, I actually think I like the over in this game more than an actual side because I think the Rams will have some answers for the Dallas defense. And I know on the other side, I mentioned Prescott's running and Ezekiel's pass catching. Those are all things that are going to get points on the board for Dallas also. So I like the over in this game, and I'm, I'm a little bit on the fence on the, on the uh, spread here. Yeah, and the public seems to be in the same boat. You know, no, no real sides has taken advantage here. Uh, 56% of the bets are on Dallas right now, but uh, just 46% of the money on the spread. And, and the total right now, bets from what I'm seeing, 50-50. So uh, the numbers creeped up a little bit, but – I don't think the, the big bets have come in on this one yet. So I would, I would keep an eye on this one. That's usually the indicator when things start moving closer to game time. That's when you get your best indicator. So you know, great information there. I'm leaning the Rams with the seven, but I could definitely see Dallas keeping it close. So the number seems about right. I don't think there's a gimme one way or the other. So interested to see where that one moves. All right, let's go to Sunday and we'll start. Somehow the damn Chargers got, got to play an early game again. I, I don't know why the NFL continues to do this to the Chargers, but didn't stop them there in Baltimore. You know, the, the game plan, Derek, was unbelievable. You know, put a bunch of quarterbacks out there, slow down the run. We kind of talked about Lamar Jackson being their focus. They did it, and they won the game. Well, now you got a much bigger test here, going to New England and slowing down this offense. So what happens in this one? You know, we got a pretty close spread here, decent total at about 47. The Chargers on a roll, but we know New England, pretty sure they were undefeated at home this season. So which one gives? The Chargers being so good on the road or New England being so good at home? Yeah, that's a good question. It was uh, really impressive uh, to see the Chargers win last week. And I believe that was the only game that all three of us agreed on uh, in terms of the spread last week. So uh, <laughs> that was good, at least. Um, as far as uh, their offense, I mean, it didn't look that great last week against the Ravens. Uh, their defense just created so many short fields that uh, they were able to get some points and they 
finally had a kicker make some field goals, uh, which was very rare for uh, the Chargers in the postseason. So I don't really know if I want to play Phillip Rivers here. Uh, didn't look great over the last, you know, three or four games of the season. Uh, and again, he just didn't look great last week either. I know, uh, you know, he typically has his big games uh, in the postseason, but not really a defense that I want to pick on. As far as their running backs go, uh, Melvin Gordon had the knee injury on the one knee and then hurt his opposite knee against the Ravens. Uh, he's sitting at Wednesday's practice uh, due to sore knees, and he only played 44% of the snaps. Uh, Austin Eckler actually outsnapped him, uh, had 53%. I kind of expect that to flip the other way, but given the $1,700 price difference on DraftKings and given the big ownership discount as well, uh, I don't mind using Eckler over Gordon in tournaments, uh, and I don't really want to pay up for Gordon given all the other good running backs in the slate. Uh, as far as the receivers go, I kind of expect Gilmore to be on Mike Williams. Um, that would kind of leave Allen with the better cornerback matchup in the slot. He hasn't topped 65 yards in three games, but I do think this is a game where they're going to pepper him with targets. So he is by far my favorite play from the Chargers. Um, and then if they activate – or sorry, if they uh, if Henry ends up being active, I'll probably end up avoiding all three of the tight ends. It sounds like he's going to be on a snap count. And I uh, just don't really want to target any of them. On the Patriots side – uh, the best way to kind of beat Brady is to get pressure on him. I know the Chargers have some good uh, defensive ends, but they haven't gotten too much pressure on the quarterbacks this year, and they don't blitz all that often. So it'll be interesting to see if they uh, dial up some more blitzes in this one. Uh, the running backs, Shoney Michelle is going to be the lead guy. I mean, he's going to probably see, you know, the most touches of anybody. But give me James White. I mean, he was a monster in the playoffs last year. He's obviously the better pass catching back. He's very good in the red zone. Uh, I like White quite a bit in tournaments. And then Edelman's going to be the guy I look to in the passing game. I kind of expect the Pats to kind of employ a quick passing game in this one. Going to be uh, one of those seven, eight, nine, ten catch games for Edelman. No interest in Gronk, uh, and I don't really want to play roulette with any of their other receivers. Love James White this weekend. I'm glad you brought him up. And I was thinking the exact same thing. The Chargers, we saw him. You know, they got a lot of pressure on Lamar Jackson. And Brady's not going to stand in there long and take any hits. He's going to be looking – to dump the ball out as quickly as possible. And we know they trust James White. We know this guy has, you know, in the playoffs, really stepped his game up over the last couple seasons. And a fair price on DraftKings 4,900, you're getting a lot of targets for that. I mean, 16 targets in just the last three weeks here. So really love him. One of my favorite plays across the DFS industry. All right, Chop, I see New England sitting at about minus four here. A lot of lot of people on the Chargers in this one. 61% of the bets, 71% of the money on the Chargers. And then the total locked in at about 47, but same story. 57% of the bets on the over, 74% of the money on the over. So Chargers over seems to be where the public is on this one. Where does the chop man come out, Chargers and Patriots? Well, I would say that everything really – shapes up well for New England this week when you look at it. Number one, they're at home this year. You mentioned them being really good at home, but they've been so good that they've outscored the opponents at home this year, third, like right around 33 to 17, give or take fractions of a point there, 33 to 17 at home. So they've been dominant at home. They get the Chargers who went way on the East Coast last week. Went, went, I assume they went back to L.A., and then have to go back to the East Coast again. Those are long plane rides. I mean, two like the NFL scheduling doesn't even ever make you do that during the regular season. Now, they got to do it for the playoffs. That's, that's rough, man. 
And then you throw in this uh, West Coast team going to New England, and it's going to be r- right around 20 to 25 degrees. We don't know if there's going to be storms or not, but it's certainly going to be cold and overcast. Like, everything shapes up for New England in this game. But with that being said, I think, I think we're going to get a changing of the guard here, and I think New England is going to get bumped out. So I'm going to take the points here. I'm going to go to the Chargers. It's just an instinctual play here, man, because everything shapes up for New England. But I just really think the Chargers don't have any weaknesses on this team. I think they got a, a, a exceptional defense. They can beat you a multitude of ways on offense. And I think New England just has – I think they've just lost just a tad bit. Oh, you know, they've been a dynasty for so long, but Josh Gordon is gone. Gronk, you know, I read some things about him earlier this week that make a lot of sense as to why he might be struggling so much. And uh, I think that plays out in this game. And, and I think they have an answer for Gronk. And with no Gordon, I think you're relying on Edelman. And it's been good in the past, but this is some elite competition in the AFC this year. So, you know, they haven't seen, like, this many good teams in the AFC. So, I think, I think I'm going the Chargers here for the upset. Definitely on the points, and that would be my bold call, is that they actually upset New England in New England. You're comfortable hitting that money line. I'm seeing plus 170 on the Chargers. Hit it. Hit it. it. There you go. Derek, I didn't even get your bets on the game. So, real quick, uh, Colts and Chiefs, you got to lean there? Uh, I'll go Chiefs. All right, Dallas and L.A.? I'm going to go Dallas just because I think their fans are going to travel well. Uh, Rams have had pretty much no home field advantage this season. I actually just saw a tweet, and I I believe it's showing that it's about 70-30 right now in the seating as far as the Rams go. So apparently everybody decides now they're going to come out and support this team. So we'll see. It's a great point. Dallas fans travel better than than almost any other fan base. Not named my Green Bay Packers there, Chop. But they do get out and they do travel and follow this team. So be interesting to see. And then your pick on this game, Chargers and Patriots. Yeah, I don't have a strong lean on uh, what team's going to win, but I think it's a field goal game, so I will take the points. All right, let's move to our last game. Nick Foles, BDN, as we call him, continues to get it done here. Got the job done in Chicago. But, Derek, he's got his work cut out for him here. The Saints at home, we know, is one of the best, if not the best, home field advantage in all of football. And it kind of shows in the line here. The Saints, big-time favorites here, sitting at about eight, eight and a half in some spots. Got a nice total here of 50 and a half. Can Nick Foles possibly do this again? Because he did enough to get the job done. I wouldn't say he was great, but down the stretch, he looked impressive against a very good defense. This is quite a test, though, going into New Orleans. Does Philadelphia have any chance in this game? Yeah, I mean, say what you want about Parkey missing that field goal, but uh, the Bears had a lead in the fourth quarter, and uh, our boy, Big Dick Nick, uh, <laughs> led him down the field uh, and scored that touchdown. So at this point um, – I don't think they can win this game, uh, but I'm not going to put anything past him. He's just been on an incredible run uh, in the playoffs the last two seasons. And uh, it's an interesting spot to punt the quarterback position with Foles. Uh, They're going to be playing from behind, obviously, in this game. And, uh, you know, we saw him play pretty well against a very good Bears defense. Now he's got a slightly better matchup indoors. Uh, I like the price point at 5,400 on DraftKings. So, yeah, I like Foles quite a bit. Um, as far as the running backs go, it was basically a two-man committee last week. We had Smallwood playing 41% of the snaps. Darren Sproles playing 56% of the snaps. I wasn't expecting that. I thought he would be more of a, a third-down type of player, but they uh, they gave him a lot of work. He ended up with 13 carries, uh, three targets in that game. 
So I think he's one of the better value plays at running back. We currently have him projected around 5% ownership. Uh, I'd be surprised if that ends up being the case. But if it is, I'll be overweight on uh, Sproles. Uh, the Saints have been very good against tight ends, so this could be another tough week for Zach Ertz. Uh, he was really quiet against the Bears. I only caught five for 52. So I think it's going to set up better for the wide receivers. Uh, I like Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, Foles just trusts him, so he's going to get a lot of targets in this one. And then Golden Tate, it was looking like a terrible trade, but uh, obviously caught that huge touchdown. Uh, he's going to have the better cornerback matchup. He'll run most of his routes in the slot, uh, get to see P.J. Williams. So, yeah, I think it's a really good spot for – uh, Golden Tate and uh, you know maybe this is just the time for him to shine on the Saints side uh, Drew Brees obviously has uh, you know some pretty big home road splits 28 fantasy points per game at home this season 17 on the road Philly's number nine against the run 24th uh, against pass catching running back so I do think this game sets up better for Kamara than Ingram uh, we know Ingram has had most of his success in blowouts so you know maybe they save Kamara if they get up big but I like Kamara quite a bit in this one and then uh, earlier in the season, these two teams squared off. They did double-team Michael Thomas quite a bit. He still caught four for 92 and a touchdown. Uh, in a game that just matters so much, I just got to think that they're going to pepper him with targets. Um, he's one of my favorite receivers of the week. Even if they do double-team him, uh, he's just so good that I think he can win those matchups. Uh, Philly's corners have been beaten pretty much all season. So, yeah, give me MT, give me Kamara. Uh, I do think Breeze is one of the safer quarterback options of the week. And then uh, if you don't believe in Foles, you know, he is turnover prone. So I do think the Saints defense is uh, firmly in play in this one. They're the biggest favorites of the week. They're playing at home. Uh, they're probably going to try to get some pressure on him. So I think their defense is an interesting play. Yeah, I like that call. love the Michael Thomas call. I mean, look what Allen Robinson just did to the secondary. I mean, they, they don't have a way to slow down these stud receivers. And my favorite play on the other side, you mentioned him, Derek. I love me some Darren Sproles in this one. I, I think they're really going to utilize him. Not only on the ground, we saw him get a bunch of carries, but through the air here and a little revenge narrative going back to New Orleans. So I'll always love the narratives, but I like going with White and Sproles on DraftKings because I think everybody's going to roster two, three stud running backs. You go with those two, still mix in a stud running back, it'll give you a different build. So those two guys really stood out to me in my early builds as guys that I'll be attacking on DK. All right, Chop, let's take a look at the Vegas Lions here. We got New Orleans. Sitting at about minus eight, like we said, minus seven and a half, maybe down from minus 10 where it opened. And then the total sitting 50, 50 and a half here. So any strong leans in this one, Eagles and Saints? Yeah, I mean, I kind of like the over in this game. Yeah, I want I want to I take New Orleans. It's a lot of points, though, for a playoff game. And there's something about Philadelphia that, I mean, it seems like it's tough to bet against them right now just because – they weren't even supposed to get in the playoffs. Somehow they snuck – like, they weren't supposed to win the Super Bowl last year, that's for sure. And they snuck in the playoffs this year. Now they knock off uh, the Bears in the first round. Like, I don't want to use this team of destiny thing, but, man, they, they just won't die. So it's tough to bet against them, even though I think New Orleans pounds them. But I'll play it safe and go with the over. Just because a lot of the things you guys mentioned, New Orleans at home, unstoppable, thirty about, you know, 34 points a game this year. But the defense hasn't it, – it's been the exact opposite effect for the defense at home. They've actually given up around 25.5 points a game at home, only 18.5 on the road. So they get into these track meets at home is what that tells me. Philadelphia certainly has the firepower and the coaching to, uh, to get into a track meet here with them. And so I'm going to take the over here in this game. Even though I, I think New Orleans pounds them, I think the safer play is the over. 
Yeah, I like the overcall. You know, teams that can establish the run and slow the game down, you know, I'd be worried about that if they were playing a Dallas, you know, teams that can take the air out of the ball. Two things we know, Philadelphia, you know, it's been a struggle establishing the run, and New Orleans, that's what they're good at. You want to attack this team through the air. So if you're going to have Philadelphia passing, playing from behind, New Orleans, like you said, is going to probably score 30, 35, potentially 40 points in this one. All we need is a couple touchdowns out of Philadelphia. So feels like the same spot for the Eagles though last week. You know, we did a, did a show somewhere along the lines with Big T, and it was a great point where he said, you know, Philadelphia is either going to get blown out or they're going to win the game. You kind of have the same feeling here. Either New Orleans is really going to roll uh, and just put up 40 points, or if this game stays close, there's something going on there with Philadelphia. And I know that's narrative-driven, but you can't ignore how well Nick Foles has played here in the playoffs over the last two seasons. Derek, any leans here on the spread, on the total, Eagles and Saints? Don't have a feel for the spread. Uh, I like all the points you guys mentioned. I kind of expect the Saints to roll in this one, but we could see a backdoor cover. Uh, anytime you get above seven points, it's a little sketchy. But, yeah, both of these teams very good against the run, so I kind of expect them to air it out. And anytime that happens, I do like the over. Um, so I'll take the over with you guys. All right, Derek, your favorite spread or total on this entire slate? If there's one thing you're, you're betting the, the farm on, which, which game are you hitting? I'm going to go with the Chargers, plus four. All right, Chop, same question for you. Putting the Kaplan household on the line, which game is it going to be? Kansas City, going Kansas City. There's, there's a lot of good things in their favor this week. I'm going to roll Kansas City. All right, and Derek, your favorite DFS play for the weekend? Uh, favorite off the radar play. I'll go James White uh, for a hundred yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. Damn, you stole mine. So I'm gonna go with the other little mini running back and Darren Sproles. I think he goes over a hundred yards receiving as well in this game. So let's talk some coaching changes. Uh, we covered the games here. Let Let's talk about these big changes that are going on in the NFL and really offensive driven. That, that's what we're seeing here. So Bruce Arians to Tampa Bay. We got Matt Lafleur going to Green Bay, Freddie Kitchens from wide receiver coach to offensive coordinator to head coach in Cleveland. We did see one defensive coach, Vic Fangio, going out to Denver to take over there. Did I forget anybody? I think you got most of them that we know about right now. And Todd Bowles just signed on with Tampa Bay. I know there was some hesitation. He might go to Chicago to join Matt Nagy as a defensive coordinator, but Todd Bowles officially – to Tampa Bay to join Bruce Arians. So, guys, what stands out there, you know, from a from a fantasy perspective? That, that's what we talk about here. Obviously, we can't look ahead at DFS pricing for 2019, but are there any teams, any players that you see getting a boost? You know, I'm sure there's a lot of season-long dynasty players out there. So, in general, Derek, we'll start with you. Any offenses that get a jump? Any specific players that stand out on any of this news here? Yeah, so to be honest, uh, I'm so involved in NBA and PGA right now that I'm just first hearing of all of these coaching changes. Um, You're good, man. That grind down. I know that's a grind down, so no worries. But but Arians uh, in Tampa Bay, I think that's going to be very interesting. Yeah, Chris Godwin really stood out to me there as a guy that can kind of spread his wings. What do we know about Arians? He's going to be very aggressive, you know, throwing the ball downfield. Jameis Winston, you know, has the arm to get that done. So, and Evans, a Godwin, we'll see if Deshaun Jackson stays around, but I really think good things for that offense. Chop Cliff Kingsbury, that's the guy for God in Arizona, and, and that's a similar kind of, you know, guy that's going to be more offensive driven. Is that unlocks some David Johnson? Do we, do we get our David Johnson back, Chop? 
Yeah, we're for sure going to get David Johnson back. He's this guy. He's not just that air raid is nice, but what it also does is it, it creates a lot of space for your running back. I saw a lot of running backs prosper in Texas Tech over the years. So it's going to be good for Johnson. Going to be great for Christian Kirk, I think, is would be my sleeper. And then by the time next year rolls around, everybody will be on probably Kirk or maybe another Arizona receiver, but I think it's Christian Kirk. Uh, my question, I like it from a from a DFS perspective, and it's fun, but, man, my question to the Cardinals is, can, like, there's a lot of good, young, offensive-minded coaches either in college as a head coach or their offensive coordinators right now. Man, couldn't you find one that has a winning record? Like, I, <laughs> I, no offense to Kingsbury, and I don't want to hear all this garbage about recruiting and all that. It doesn't matter. It does matter, man. If you If you couldn't assemble – a winning record as a college head coach in that environment, I don't think you're good. You're going to be great for us in DFS, but I don't think you're going to be super successful as a, as a uh, NFL head coach. If you're just not, I think he, I think Cliff Kingsbury would be a phenomenal offensive coordinator. I don't think he's going to make a good head coach, uh, except for the same reasons he wasn't a good head coach in college and he got, he just got fired. So, but it's going to be great for DFS purposes. Yeah, I mean, it, it almost feels like and we've asked for this. Like, let's get some guys some new chances. Let's get some young guys in here. That aspect I love about it. On the other end, it feels like every team is trying to find the next Sean McVay. Let's find a young guy that knows offense, going to put points on the board. You know, and we're seeing that. Kingsbury, how do you go from fired, then you're the offensive coordinator for USC, which has not been a good job in years, and all of a sudden you're an NFL head coach. Shop. I agree with you 100%. Matt LaFleur. Yeah, you, you, you worked under Sean McVay. You went to Tennessee as their offensive coordinator. We all had big hopes for the Titans. That offense was not very good. Outside of maybe one big game out of Derrick Henry, that offense left a lot to be desired here. So as a Packer fan, LaFleur, I'm intrigued because it is a young mind. You know, maybe we get a couple good years out of Aaron Rodgers. Doesn't have many years left. But, you know, at the same time, it's, it just feels a little bit desperate. Uh, trying to find that next Sean McVay chop. Do you get that feeling? Am, am I am I wrong here? Uh, what are your thoughts overall on all these coaching changes? Yeah, that's exactly uh, – does uh, scream of a little desperation. I don't know. Maybe they know something we don't, but I don't see it. Overall, though, I like I like these changes. Like the Arians to Tampa Bay, good yes. offensive upgrade for those guys. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of good uh, – LaFleur <laughs> taking over from McCarthy's. Obviously, you can't help but to be an upgrade there. Oh, I'm happy about it. I mean, I'll give oh, you yeah. a chance for sure. It's just, like I said, it just feels like everybody's trying to get cute. But I'd rather yeah. that than we have Jeff Fisher and yeah, yeah. I, Caldwell and guys that like that. That is the, the number one thing. At least they're breaking out of the cocoon, man, exactly. and you don't have the same old retreads. And so that's definitely an A-plus on that. I just – Maybe if they spent a little bit more time and analyzed some of these other coaches out there, they'd find guys that were just innovative, young, had all this desire to, you know, all these good things, and they actually won. They actually showed they were good head coaches at the place where they were. But let's go with it. I'm ready for it, man. I'm already ready for next year. I'm ready, too. Like I said, the cocoon, you know, let, let's get out of the old good old boys club. I think offense is only going to continue to evolve, and the scoring is going to continue to go up, and obviously – as fantasy players, that's what we want to see. We want to see some offense. I'm not against a good defensive game, but, you know, give me the, the Rams and Chiefs any day before I got to watch that Ravens and Chargers game again. It's that baby. Whew, the, the eyeballs are still hurting on that one. All right, guys, that only wraps us up for the divisional round. That's going to wrap us up for the season next weekend. You know, like we said, there's only a couple games probably showed on slates for the championship slate. So 
No need for DFS OG's podcast next week. Guys, any final thoughts for the people on this week, on the season? I just want to say thank you to you two. Love doing the show every week. Learn something new every week. Uh, and hopefully the people out there profited, learned something. If not, at least you enjoyed the show. Hopefully we entertain you guys throughout the season. So thank you to you two. Thank you to everybody that listens out there. Uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in, guys. Final thoughts from you guys. Derek, your floor is yours. Yeah, huge thanks to the listeners uh, all season. And uh, it's always fun doing the show with you two. Hoping to see you guys uh, for the Super Bowl party out there in Nashville. But uh, before we go, let's get some Super Bowl picks. Oh, oh, I like it. All right, Chop, you got any Super Bowl leans here? Yeah, I mean, I've said it for a while now. It seems like it's going to be New Orleans over Kansas City. I, I also like New Orleans. I don't know who's going to go in there and beat them. That, that's my lean there. And I, I put a bet on the Colts to win a while back, so I'm going to stick with that. You know, I, I know we talked about the Chiefs, and I'm leaning back that way. I'm going back and forth in that game, but I'm going to go off the board here and say Saints and Colts. Hmm. Derek. All right. Uh, I was going to say the same as Chop, New Orleans over Kansas City, but I'll say New Orleans over the Chargers. That'd be a good one. I, the, the beauty is, to me, I, I'm sick of New England being there. Outside of that, if anybody else is in that game, <laughs> I, I think uh, I'll be good with it. As long now, as watch, now watch the Colts pull the upset and Taylor make this whole thing for New England to get another <laughs> playoff game at home and then get back in the Super Bowl. That'd be terrible, but that's oh, you man. never know. You're hurting me now, Chop. I would feel bad if that happened. So, Chop, any final thoughts for the people here to wrap up the 2018 season here? of the DFS OGs podcast. I mean, what is it, 19 weeks we did this? It was fun. Uh, when it was all said and done, it's not about week by week. It's about at the end, how did you do? And at the end of this season, I'm going to look back after the 19 weeks, and it was a successful year. Uh, and I hope you guys got something out of it. Is this first thoughts. We shoot this thing early in the week. So it's just like piecing together a good GPP lineup. You get your player pulled together, and, and sometimes you just need a little luck. You just need to have that roster. You have all the guys in your player pool, but you just got to have the right guys on that one roster. Well, you just take little bits and pieces of maybe something we say, combine it with what you read from Evan Silva and what you hear on the, on the grind down NFL first look or something like that. You piece everything together. And you hope that's the week it comes through. So I hope we got you something this week. I hope you got something out of it. And it's going to be a fun, fun weekend this weekend. And uh, can't wait for next year already, man. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. So good luck to everybody out there this weekend. If you ever have any questions, we're all available on Twitter at RG underscore notorious at head chopper. And I am at, Beer Makers fans. So, for my boys, my fellow OGs, and Derek, I will be a national buddy. We got to get Chop out there. We can't have two-thirds of the OGs. So, Chop, talk to the wife. My wife's coming. Let's have a little reunion out in Nashville. That's your job here. But, for my boys, Derek Farnsworth, a.k.a. Notorious, make sure you check out his grind out every day in valuable content for football, for basketball, every sport. The guy is just grinding. Or the great head chopper and all the premium shows he does with Big T. Make sure you're checking out those lineup builder shows. I am Beer saying salut. Best of luck this weekend, guys. And we're out of here. <laughs>